holding pocket. It's time now for the chipping forecast, issued by Folding Pocket on behalf of Andrew Cotter, Eddie Pepperell, and special guest Ian Carter. So a thousand pound fine, and he's banned from going into uh, that branch of Morrison's again. So, yeah. Well, hello, hello, hello there, and welcome once again to the Chipping Forecast. Uh, once again, Ian Carter is here. Sorry, I'm Andrew Carter. And uh, Ian Carter is our special guest, our special envoy to the Chipping Forecast from his regular role as BBC golf correspondent. And Ian, you are corresponding this week from... The south of Spain. Costa del Sol, yes. Uh, I'm sitting on the balcony, uh, having just checked in in the last five minutes into the, the media hotel for the Solheim Cup. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking out over the, the, the hills. I, I mean, I, I haven't been here long enough to even work out what the hills are called, uh, the range of, of, of hills that sort of run into the Mediterranean right at the bottom of Spain. But if I... If the rest of my room wasn't over my right shoulder, I'd be able to see the Rock of Gibraltar over there. Um, we're near the town of Estepona. Mm. And, of course, it's Finca Cortisin, which is the Cortisin, Cortisin, uh, and uh, that is going to be the home of um, of what should be a fantastic match between Europe and the United States. Europe going for three in a row. They've never done it before. Ooh, shouting, getting animated there. I think it's the Sierra Sorry. Nevada, or is it the bottom of the Sierra Nevada? They're, they're the Great Mount. So the foothills of the Sierra Nevada. I'm going to I'm going to check that out. Actually, I'm not, uh, but I will check it out later. It's quite a stunning landscape. I can see you on your balcony. I can see, you know that, um, the film Alpha Papa, the Alan Partridge film, and uh, Lynn comes into yeah. his little office and she can see the reflection of what he's actually looking at in his laptop. In the, <laughs> I can see, I can see the reflection of the foothills in the, the window behind you there. So, uh, so you're not lying to us. You're... Yeah. Well, they, yeah, you can see it and uh, you may even catch a glimpse of, um, cause we're in, we're staying in apartments. So my, uh, BBC producer Amy is here. Here, and my wife Sarah what? is here as well. Uh, yeah, she. Do you know it's quite it's quite a good story, and I wonder if there are other um, people who'll be in the crowd this week because the tickets went on sale for the Solheim Cup right in the middle of lockdown, and and they were they were really cheap. I like I don't know sixty quid something like that for a whole season pass for the entire Solheim Cup. And it was just at that time when everyone was like thinking, oh, God, just get me out of here. Get me, give me something to look forward to. So Sarah got onto the Internet. She said, you'll be going, won't you? So I, I'll crash down with you. And um, so she's here for the week. They went on sale during lockdown. They did. Yeah. And um, and it was a great deal. So I wonder if, the, you know, there's a lot of people who wouldn't ordinarily come to an event like this you know come to the continent of europe to to watch the continent of europe um that there might be in the crowd you know, or maybe sarah will be the oddball that, well 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 she i don't think she listens confirmation to it is sierra nevada by the way good um i that's why the rugby world cup draw everyone's talking about it being so lopsided with the top five countries in the world on one mm. side and the and 
England, Wales in groups, including um, Andorra and the Gambia and countries like that, uh, is because <laughs> the draw was done in 2020 mm. because they were desperately trying to get ahead of the game and yeah. sell tickets because the Olympics are in Paris next year as well. So they really wanted to, but nobody bought tickets at that time. And actually, that's why we went to the Australia-Georgia game mm. last weekend, because the tickets went on sale at a time when you were desperately looking for things to look forward to. Well, there we are. So we're looking forward to the Solheim Cup. We'll chat about that in a moment. We're looking forward to the Ryder Cup. Of course, we are doing so without Edward Pepperell, Eddie mm. Pepperell. So we did a little chipple, a chipolata uh, last week at Wentworth, just Ian, and uh, it was just the two of us and Eddie, because Eddie was out on the course. Mm. And he was he'd struggled in his first round. But then he came storming home in 31 in his second round. And he was right on the cut line, missed it by one. At 12 birdies in 36 holes, though. So, but he came, we were, we were waiting in the recorders area, weren't we? And he came mm. in and said, right, that's me. Hi, guys, that's me. No, nope, not doing next week. I'm off. Not playing France. On holiday. I'm on holiday. So he just, I think he had done, you know, booked his ticket, as he does when he's on the fairways on the back nine somewhere so he just made that decision that must be um yeah and he probably i wonder if because remember when he he upgraded after he, after mm. he talked to three wood um i wonder i wonder if he upgraded coming down the stretch to reward himself for the the barrage of birdies that he put mm. together at that mm. point wouldn't it be great to have a job where you could just say actually i'm not going to work next week I'm fat enough for this. I'm going to give myself a break. I'm off. Well, we we could. I could do that as a freelancer, but I'm I'm committed to, uh, to the work. But I could, I suppose, say no. I'm not going to do it. But then you wouldn't get paid. But then he doesn't get paid if he doesn't work. They're they're sort of freelance independent contractors, mm. aren't they? So. I suppose we're all. You could just walk out and say I'm not doing this anymore. Hmm. <laughs> mm. I'm not sure that would work. Um. How's your burgeoning uh semi-professional paddle career going? <laughs> Padel, is it? I don't but, know. But no, it's, no, it's actually it was just funny enough. We walked down the corridor of the hotel, and there is a paddle court here. And we had a little discussion about uh, the pronunciation because we had some friends who called it Padel. Well, it's Mexican, isn't it? It's Spanish. Yeah. So, do you think it really is Padel? No, but I think the Americans really popularized it, and they call they actually spell it. I think some of them spell it Padel as in a paddle of a. A boat, so yeah. Well, I had a match actually on Saturday morning before I went to Wentworth, and uh, it was um, it was a Centurion tournament. So the partnerships had to be a combined a uh, hundred or or older. Um, so it's that kind of level that we're playing, and um, we had this fantastic match where we lost the first set on a tie break and ran out of time. Three all juice on their serve. Mm. So I felt like we were really coming storming back. And then we realized that the next round had to be played this weekend. And I said, well, hang on a minute, guys. I'm I'm in Spain for the Solheim Cup, so um, you can have it. So we didn't even need to play. We just gave them a walkover. I shouldn't have gone into this, but uh, this padel, paddle um, discussion, because then I, that sounds like quite an interesting um interesting sort of rule and regulation that a combined age of a hundred mm. you could have a so well idea. you have a 98 year old playing with a toddler just getting angry with yes. each other move man move <laughs> i don't know who's saying that to whom of that partnership but um anyway you're being so naive your lack of experience mm. is showing so um uh well let's just we mentioned eddie's not here let's just get we we did get him to send him send a message to us explaining all so here's eddie and his current state of mind Hello guys, um, or should I say, hola, 
<laughs> Eric Pepperell here from Ibiza. Um, just thought I'd send a voice note in apologies for my absence this week. Uh, I suppose after missing the last two cuts by one shot, the game of golf has taken its toll on me, and I decided I needed a last minute needed a last minute holiday to Spain. So uh, my favourite country in Europe, incidentally, I should add. Um, on Wentworth, great to see Foxy win. Uh, I think it had been coming, looking at the way he played in Ireland. He's a very popular lad and uh, and a brilliant win. I was disappointed to see Ludwig play the way he played on Sunday, showing us all that he's human after all, but I wanted the dream to keep on going. I, I didn't want to see that from him. So hopefully he can bounce back, and um, I think he will bounce back for the Ryder Cup. He's down as my top point scorer along with Tommy Fleetwood uh, for the European team in Italy. So I uh, still think great things ahead for Ludwig. Aubrey. Um Anyway, hope you're enjoying the chat, guys, and I'll be back uh, in fine form hopefully next week, refreshed. Uh, that's my helicopter just coming in there, actually, to collect me, to take me to a private beach. Sorry for the noise interference. Just going down with Calvin Harris and Tiny Tempar. Um, guys, enjoy the rest of the podcast, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye for now. There we are, Eric Pepperell, our good friend. So, I, well, it's a, I, I, I admire his strength of mind saying I'm, I'm not... Enough skin. I'm just not playing this week. We were surprised, weren't we, though? But uh, but if you feel tired, he knows how he feels. And uh, so, well, yeah, I, well, I guess that shows the difference between the professional game and the amateur game. Because if we'd come back on a back nine of the equivalent of 31 on a really difficult golf course in a club competition, regardless of how well we played you know, in the preceding nine holes or, or or whatever, we'd we'd be itching to go and play golf again. Yeah. We? We'd want to. To harness it and get out there and go again. Yeah. I came back in 41 yesterday, not 31. I had to play in a day, a day that I'd agreed to play in a golf day for a... Corporate? Well, well, no, I wasn't getting paid anything for it. It's just because uh, I was just spreading the joy. No, no, absolutely. 100% no. None of my presence was 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 you, just d- desired. Seriously? Yes, absolutely. Seriously. So I was playing at... Um, Portal. I've never played there before. I think I used to host. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. I mean, it's not not a great. It's a nice setting up in the hill, but um, anyway, I my club head speed. I think it was down to the low twenty mile an hour range. <laughs> I wouldn't have troubled the new Welsh speed cameras. It was so bad. I couldn't, <laughs> it was short and left. Everything was short and left, and it was just it was terrible. So I think I was rounding about. 82 or something like that. Anyways, but there we go. So uh, actually more reflections. Three than- games of golf I played this summer. Three games. That's it. Yeah. I, I can't wait for October. I'm going to get out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, get ready for our game against Eddie. Yeah, well, I've, I think I might have retired again after yesterday's game. Um, actually, just on, just, just on that. Um, so we bumped into here uh, in the media centre this afternoon. Guess who we bumped into? Right, okay, okay, hang on. Who did you bump into? You... No, no, all right. No, come on. You can get it. Uh, you bumped into... Oh, you can um... get it. Chinese takeaways. Yes. Clue. Uh, Liz Truss. No. Uh, Chinese takeaway. Um, uh... the, the big Randy. Big Randy. A big, big Randy. Big Phil. And yeah, and, and Cody from No Laying Up. Cody and, and Cody from Randy. No Laying Up said, So when's the challenge happening with Eddie? Oh, big No big. Laying Up, listen to the chipping forecast. We should have a match against No Laying Up. Are they golfers? Oh, oh. there we go. Hey, break the internet. Uh, not really, just <laughs> cause nothing more than a ripple in the giant internet uh, thing. We should, well, well, once. 
once we once we've beaten Eddie with my twenty three mile an hour <laughs> club head speed. Um, oh, well, that's good. That's good that that, that it's um, it's it's making some impression yes. in the world of golf broadcasting. Sorry, and one other thing, mm. Cody said. Actually, it doesn't like the chipping forecast. It should have been called three off the tee. Yes, but what I'd say is he's chosen the name Cody, which isn't even his real name. So he has no standing at all in this matter for me. No, it's his real name. Oh, which one's not his real name? Oh, no, Cody's Big his Randy. real name. So Big Randy is Phil. Phil. Yeah. Philip, perfectly good name. And Tron is Cody. Yeah. Right. And this is the chipping forecast, but actually really is three off the tee. It's not three off the twee. Um, and, it's like, and it's a good <laughs> podcast that those guys have three off the tee, uh, I think. I don't know. It is. Right. So um, Ryan Fox, back in 31. I mean, all the great names were sort of up there for a while. And I thought, oh, who's mm. it going to be? Is it going to be Ram? Is it going to be Fleetwood? Is it going to be Tyrrell Hatton? And Ryan Fox comes storming home after a triple bogey on the on the third. Uh, 31, same as Eddie Pepperell, on the back nine uh, on Sunday. It was the back nine on Friday. Uh, but we, Eddie touched upon it there. Ludwig Obert was seventy six in the in the final round, which is a bit of a surprise. The good thing from a Ryder Cup point of view, seven Ryder Cup players in the top ten at Wentworth. Fantastic. Uh, Rose McIntyre, Hoygor a bit further down, but to have those players in the seven in the top ten, nine in the top twenty, I think that's uh, that shows everyone's been. Fantastic form. And actually, talking about the French Open and Eddie deciding not to play it, are you surprised that Bob McIntyre of that Ryder Cup team, he's the only one, he is playing next week? He is. And, and I, I mean, he says that he is playing it because he wants to maintain the momentum. He wanted to play in Ireland, but by having to play in the European Masters up the up the mountain, as he told us in last week's pod, which is he doesn't like that that course. He didn't really want to play there. So I think ideally he would have wanted to play Ireland and then um, the PGA. But now he feels like he wants to maintain the momentum and play in France. I was talking to someone pretty high up at the European Tour who thought it was perhaps a bit of a mistake and agreed with me when I said the one thing that he's perhaps not factoring in is just how tiring the week is of a Ryder Cup before you even tee the ball up, you know, with everything that goes on. And so many players have told us that, haven't they, Andrew, through through the years. So, um, yeah, so he's the only one playing this week. I think one thing that, that really started to dawn on a lot of observers last week was all of a sudden, obviously, Justin Thomas and Max Homer played and played well at the Fortinet. Yeah. But no one else has played since the Tour Championship in the American team. And Rory McIlroy was saying to us after the his round that, you know, he, he, he was – it was – I was watching him very carefully when he was answering this question because it was one of those where he could have talked himself into big trouble, potentially riled up the Americans, and he chose his words very carefully. But he did say that he wouldn't feel comfortable going into a Ryder Cup having not played basically for a month competitively. He did point out that it's different with match play compared with stroke play, but I think that's really interesting as part of the dynamic coming into this Ryder Cup. Yes, they came over for the recce, but that seemed like a bit of a frat party really rather than, you know, actually hard competitive action. And I just wonder if the Americans, you know, 10 of them, 
could be a little undercooked for for Rome next week. Yeah. Again, if you compare it to our job, can you imagine if we uh, had to be rested? I'm going to be, and um, again, just I'm going to be running on empty by the time I get there. But um... no. But do you not find that when you um, haven't worked for a while, you haven't commentated or broadcast for a while, or you've not done a corporate you've not um, done a speech for a while or something like that the first one back it's you know you you you, you fight, feel your way a little bit don't you yes possibly yeah possibly i yes i i think you're probably right in that i i would definitely uh but again when i look at bob mcintyre and, and people saying you know maybe he doesn't quite appreciate how tiring that week is and it is with all the commitments and it's a long week the Ryder cup as well until you even hit a shot that but 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 I would also say that as with Eddie deciding not to play, golfers know what they want to do in terms of how they feel, what they want to be in terms of, no, I'd rather be play. Some players love to play the week before a major. Others don't want to play at all the week before a major, or even two weeks before a major. So uh, trust in Bob and trust in the European side of the moment, which is looking pretty good. Um, yeah, sorry. Oh. Well, I was going to say the one thing that you wouldn't want to do if you were Bob would be to get to Rome and think, Oh, I wish I'd I wish I'd played last week. Mm. You know, because you you had that choice, so you've got to go with your, your gut instinct. Yeah, and also if he says I'd, I'm glad that I played last week, so I have that in the bank. Oh, by the way, Luke. Mm. By the way, Captain, can I just take it quite easy in terms of because he knows that course inside out anyway. So it doesn't. Yeah, but you've got to impress, haven't you? In those rounds, especially as a rookie, oh, just, there'll be that feeling to impress. You know, make Luke a cup of tea or something. I don't know. Just. I've got my I've got my picks by the way, as 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 you asked for because oh. um, you gave yours out last week and then we've got this little competition haven't we as to we have my who's, picks for going to get most my right. picks were roundly derided as they should have been to be honest they were they were utter rubbish but we'll come on to your picks in a minute I just want to say Ryan Fox so we won by one from Aaron Ryan Tyrrell Hatton I have heard a little rumor about mm-hmm. what I don't understand with the new landscape in terms of live in the marriage, and you'll be able to explain perhaps, I don't know, maybe you won't, is why, why would you still be interested if you live in buying? How, how are they going to live together? It's not a you know, this merger that everyone's supposedly one happy family, but I have heard rumor that there are a few big names that might be heading. Um, what to live? Yeah. And, more uh, and somebody on the European Ryder Cup team, yeah. But I, but I, really? again, I just heard, I heard that, mm. and I'm not just putting it out there as, and I've just made it up and heard it. I just, but my point, t- did you hear it from someone who would know? Yeah, but but I, but I don't. But my point is that I don't. Why would a player want to, or why would they want to spend millions on getting players now, or why would you? I I don't know. Yeah, no, I know what you're asking. It's it, it's it's a really interesting phase at the moment because when the initial deal was was struck, the the framework agreement um, was struck. There was a clause that was in there that said that there would be no poaching of players until the end of the year, and that had to be taken out pretty swiftly because of the amount of scrutiny that the whole thing is getting from the American uh, Senate and the the courts and the judicial reviews that are going on there. So live are in a position where they, they could go and, and, and bring in new people, but two things, why, as you say, why would they want to do that and invest more money? Um, And secondly, why would a player want to go when, 
we don't know what the landscape is is going to be. I think tw- everything I'm hearing is I heard it again today. 2024 is as outlined. Live will be there with their calendar, and the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour have their calendars, and we know that. But 2025 is when it all changes, and this deal has to be done by uh, by December the 31st. That is the the aim. And again, I asked somewhat very high up at the weekend and yes there is still miles to go to get this get this sorted out there were reports weren't there in the daily mail that they got this all fixed up but uh, everything i've been told is it's it's not been fixed as yet um but there is still a desire from all three parties the dp world tour the pga tour and the saudi arabian public investment fund to get this deal done so i think once the Ryder cup is done that's when the work will really double down um but yeah that's that's interesting if there are rumors of of player approaches going on mm, mm, he said making uh, mm. just a vague noise mm, i'll be interested very interested to see what about sergio saying um that he was did you see the piece that james corrigan got in the telegraph that sergio garcia had said Hang on, guys. I'll pay my fines and and I'll I'll come and play for for Europe in the Ryder Cup. <laughs> that's like, and, well, yeah. I mean, that's a little bit not a little bit like sort of me or you saying I'll pay my fines. Can I play in the Ryder Cup? Because he he's still a, a a wonderful player. But you know, paying the fines is is irrelevant there. It's is yeah. Know, but not, he's the only guy who hadn't paid. His yeah, fine. exactly. But uh, you know, he's not he's not shown any 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 form that would warrant a pick in the Ryder Cup now. But yeah, it's he's the guy that went scooting off after just one round in the PGA last year at Wentworth when the Queen died. Yeah, I think he said oh, I've had enough of this. I mean, you know, and and there he was basically asking the the, the European Tour to change their rules because he he can't be readmitted as a member until the next year anyway so it was impossible yeah i think he's just suddenly realized that the Ryder cup is upon us and he's such a been such a fixture in the Ryder cup and he has a certain personality garcia they think oh i really want to be in that i deserve to be in that and uh no uh, never gonna happen so um do you want to do before we do the solheim cup which is obviously where you are this week do you want to do your right mm. Ryder cup uh selections yeah or okay all right let's 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 go so i'm so foursomes friday foursomes i can see an Aubert hovland foursomes partnership i'm not only going to say that they're going to be a partnership i'm going to say they're going out first and then uh-huh. uh, they'll be followed by rory mcelroy and shane lowry not sure yeah. about that one that might be a four ball partnership but i'm not sure sep stracker and matt fitzpatrick and John Rahm and Tyrrell Hatton for foursomes. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I think they're they're wiser selections than mine. Uh, and you've probably gone into golf ball manufacturers there. You've got, you've got a certain Scandinavian theme and, and Irish theme going on as well. Because you've got to have people who are comfortable with each other. And I like the fact that uh, Ludwig Ober and Victor Hovland, people were saying, look, here's a video of them speaking to each other. They can understand each other. Swedish and Norwegian are very, very, very similar mm. languages. It's like the comparison between Irish, between them, Gaelic and, and Scottish Gaelic. It, it's just like a very, very strong dialect accent. Um, so I think they were speaking Swedish to each other rather than Norwegian, but they can chat away. And the Americans were going, oh my goodness, what are they talking about? I can't understand this. And they're so used to seeing Hovland and Obel with their... <laughs> With their uh, deeply American accents, that they would be thrown confused, but that that would be a mightily strong partnership anyway. What 
frustrates me a little bit about this is the players that you know that means that Tommy Fleet was not playing in foursomes, and I think actually mm. he he is a foursomes player, isn't he? It's so so good to agree. So, uh, but Fleetwood and Fleetwood and Fitz together. Are you starting to doubt yourself? As well, no. I'm just. I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm just playing with this. You know, I. But they play different balls, different manufacturers. But maybe different manufacturers isn't a problem if they're the same compression. Sometimes it can be the same manufacturer, but a different. You know, like Pro V1, Pro V1X, that that kind of thing. So yeah. Also, they had a ma- they had a massive fight as well. Disagreement. At, uh no, I'm just making that up. But I'm trying to again throw some doubt into your mind. Raman Hatton, did you see? There's a chemistry between those two. I, I, a common I'd anger. Be surprised if they don't, you know. And obviously Garcia's not there. They did play together before. Ram and Rose played together in the opening foursomes, first out yeah. um, back in in Paris, losing narrowly in that opening match. Can't remember who they played against. So, and my four balls very quickly. Yep. I'm thinking Rose and Fleetwood, McElroy and McIntyre. Hoygaard and Hovland and Hatton and Rahm again. Yeah. I, I mean, these, these sound like good pairings. Have you suggested them to look? No. Okay. Well, we can we can DM them and say, make yeah. this happen. What we have suggested to Luke, though, mm. vicariously, yeah. is that he pronounces Ludwig's Oh, the opening ceremony. Correctly at the opening ceremony. So if he does, yes, it's down to us because we have we have gone to <laughs> the powers that be. We have sent Ludwig explaining how to say his name. So it could be a could be the tipping forecast biggest moment yet. Opening ceremony of the Ryder Cup. We did have an email on that actually. Here it is from from Gordon. We'll do a few emails later on but very quickly. Another great pod, but I'm glad you've brought an end to the Ludwig Ober discussions as it was getting tedious. Having said that, could you please have a word with your colleagues at Sky Sports? Uh, their pronunciation of Aberg and not Ober is annoying, and by the end of the Ryder Cup, will be doubly so. I mean, I don't think I don't think they're going to change. Uh, they are um, they're going hard on that, so I think they'll they'll stick with that. So I don't think. Anyway, it, 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 you're right. It was getting tedious. I was getting. I thought uh, it was getting tedious as well, but I I would just. I, I want to stick with it. Did you have a word with uh, Randy and Tron? Not the real names. Briefly, yeah. No, they 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 agree they agree with us. And no, it wasn't Tron. It was Cody. Oh. Um, but they 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 were happy enough with what we've been saying. And I'm really kicking myself because the big boss of Sky Golf was in the car hire place, mm. and I was chatting with him idly. I could have I could have really taken him on there and made made an, an impression. Sorry, this is Tara, this is my no laying up lack of knowledge, but no laying up because again they seem like great. So so Tron is not Cody. No. Cody's a different person. Yeah, and, and Tron's Tron's, Tron's name not Tron. Isn't, isn't Tron. But he's the one that predicted eighteen months out that Ludwig would be in yeah. the Ryder Cup team. Right. Well interesting. I, I've yet to meet oh no, I did have a chance to meet uh, big Randy, didn't I? But I didn't take it. He was at the the Walker Cup. You were intimidated. I wasn't. Well, I just I don't like going just up to big size. big Randy men. So uh, <laughs> right, let's move on uh, to the Solheim Cup because that is why you're there. So the Solheim Cup is very very competitive and has been very very close over the last few years. It's interesting. You were talking about the Ryder Cup. It's great to have the two teams really are stacked with pretty much the top players in the game at the moment. But the Solheim Cup is rather different and has been for a while because the power base in the women's game is in the Far East. And if it's not South Korea, it's Thailand now. Um, China. China as well, exactly. So World number one. So things are slightly different in the women's game. 
But I don't think that has any, you know, it makes you think less of it at all. It's too, no. it's, it's all about Europe against the USA and whether the, the, some of the best players in the world aren't there. It doesn't really, doesn't really matter. Now, that, these have uh, produced, the Solheim Cup has produced some of the greatest sporting drama, some of the most passionate, some of the most feisty uh, moments that, that we've seen in golf. I mean, think back to Suzanne Pettersson in 2015 when she didn't concede the putt mm. playing of Alison Lee when she was playing with, with Charlie Hull in Germany. Um, it produced a vital point for Europe, but it riled up the Americans. They came from four points down and and romped through the the Sunday singles. Um, That was just the most recent controversy, but you've got two captains who are not going to back down. Stacey Lewis has said that, you know, if there's a rules controversy, neither Suzanne or I will will back down. That's in our that's in our nature. The matches tend to be close. They tend to be dramatic. You think of Glen Eagles. You were there, Andrew, when Suzanne Pettersson hold the the winning putt. And in our last pod, if you missed it, we we detailed uh, Kiwa Island. Mm. Well, it was a very similar scenario. Yeah. It was the last match on the course. It was the last putt. If it went in, then Europe won. If it didn't, then America would re- retain the trophy. It did go in. What a moment. And then the mic drop moment of all was, was Suzanne Pettersson then saying, well, that's me. I've retired as Done. a player. Yeah, yeah. Done and out. What a way to finish. And and then, of course, Europe went to Toledo two years ago, successfully defended the trophy with no spectators there, no support whatsoever. And, you know, you just thought, I thought to myself, that was one of the most remarkable sporting victories that I've ever witnessed. Um, And now here we have Europe going for three in a row, which is something that they've never done before. But I I make America favourites for this one. I think they've got some players that are, are really riding a crest of a wave at the moment yeah yeah i i i well i would agree i was i was studying a bit of form of the players i'm not i'm not commenting i could be bbc are actually doing commentary out there but um, yes because i'm i'm otherwise engaged with the rugby world cup i'm doing scotland against tonga argentina samoa as well for some reason this weekend but um so so i'm not there but there is a, a sort of bbc team out there doing highlights uh there is I think you might be doing a bit of radio and tv out there as well you yes i think i'm doubling up a little bit and there's so is uh so is cat downs who was thrilled with her mention in our chipolata <laughs> so uh yeah we're doing that sarah mulcarins is out here is ken yeah. ken brown ken is out there out as well and yeah, ned so michaels ned so, as well and we're doing radio commentary in the uh, in the afternoons on friday and saturday on sports extra and on bbc sport website so you'll be able to follow it live with us watch the highlights on bbc television which is yeah. uh it's fantastic. Um, mm. and, and as I say, I'm really looking forward to it. You look at the, the respective uh, rankings and you look at the, at the top, there's not much between the two sides. Lily Vu, two-time major winner this year, actually dropped down to um, number two in the world because Ronnie Yin's gone to, to world number one. You've got Nelly Corder, world number three. Alison Corpus, the US Open champion, uh, at 10 in the world, Megan Kang at 14 in the world. And you look at the, the corresponding sort of top four for Europe, Celine Boutier, Evian champion, Charlie Hull, who's been runner-up, what, five, six mm. times in the past year? 
Lynn Grant, 15 in the world. Georgia Hall, who plays her best golf for Europe, it seems, at 16 in the world. Leona Maguire, 17 in the world. But then you've got other players that, you know, Lexi Thompson, Jennifer Kutcher have been short of form for the Americans, but they do have Rose Zhang. Look at the, um, the the European team. Anna Norquist not been in, in great form, had one or two issues to, to sort out. Carlotta Saganda, likewise. And then you come to those wildcard picks. And I am worried from a European point of view about Emily Pedersen and, um, and Caroline Headwall. Mm. Um, 121 and 122 in the world rankings. And I think it's a big leap of faith from Suzanne Pettersen to have picked them. Yeah, it is. But it's funny. It's funny what Ryder Cup, Solheim Cup can do to some yeah. players. And if you spot something in their character, they say, right, okay, they are you know, a little bit up and down with their results so far this season in, in in stroke play. But but you're right. That's that's the gamble that a captain has to take, and uh, and what they've seen before from those players. Uh, our apologies, just if you hear a little bit of dog brawling going on uh, very close to the hand. Uh, both both of these uh, dogs here are. That's why I hesitated while I was in that spiel because no. you turned your camera down <laughs> to to give us give a scene of. Olive and Mabel Dog. cavorting. They were cavorting, together. actually. They were. There was very, there was a great deal of and which cavortation. Bring, brings me to your. Um, and we're not going to go into the whole Aubert thing, other mm. than to say that you led a campaign on X and played out the interview that I did with Ludwig mm. about the pronunciation of his name. Mm. But to make sure it got people to watch <laughs> and therefore listen. You put the cutest video of Mabel on there as well, and then everybody replied. And I saw that I actually witnessed, because I was tagged in on this, the social media power that you have harnessed with your dogs <laughs> and everybody coming back in their hundreds and, and thousands and all saying, "Now, nah, didn't listen to that, but lovely pictures. Yeah, lovely it, video. it was a, a little insight into the, the, oh, the power of the dog yeah, following. Giving her, good, giving her a good stroke of the well, ear. Yeah, well, yeah. Because I'm back for so I'm I'm I haven't seen them for... Yeah, I've been away for about 11 days or so, and then I come back for one day, two days, and then I'm away again. So I'm enjoying every moment with them, but this is a golf podcast, so let's... Mabel's got that forlorn look on her face as if to say, you're going away again No, soon, aren't you? I can see the bag. No, her her face is not forlorn. Her face is confused uh, and generally just uh, in wonderment about the world and what's going on. Actually, we've all got that face on at the moment, really, haven't we? So, uh, so, so I'm, I mean, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, as I said, BBC commentary out there. There's just a point of order on that. Some people uh, don't, because we did, BBC showed highlights of Wentworth, but that was a world feed commentary. That's becoming more and more the model. This is just a sort of technical chat here, but sometimes you'll hear Ken Brown does world feed, so you'll hear him on a commentary like that, and you go, oh, that's a BBC thing, but um, but it's not. It's actually, it's just a different way of doing things. It's um, that more and more events are using world feed commentary. So BBC only do their own, produce their own commentary, where it's a full BBC team for the Open, the Ryder Cup and the Solheim Cup. So enjoy the Solheim Cup and Ian will be part of that on the TV as well as his main duties on radio. Right, lots of other things. Feeding the world. Feeding the world. World feed commentary as it's known. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a strange thing, but it's becoming the... Uh, it is becoming sort of the modus operandi of a lot of uh, broadcasts. You see it in, in all sports. Any big event will provide, have its own commentary provided that goes out to the, the world and countries that don't produce their own commentary will take that world feed. And is that the tournament that and the tour that is is putting on that? Service? Yeah, so the European Tour Productions is... The so how, how impartial is it? How... Hmm. 
editorially. Well, that's interesting, that actually, yeah, because and yeah. and and on the PGA Tour, when yeah, that's a it's a very good point. Like for example, Adrian Moronk doesn't get into the Ryder Cup team is exceedingly cheesed off at that fact and tells the media as much. And, you know, I went and interviewed him and the the media did, and they all asked him the questions, how are you feeling now? Will you watch the Ryder Cup? Do you feel slighted? Was it the wrong decision? You know, all genuine questions that needed to be asked. Would the World Feed interviewer ask those questions? Uh, I That's a, a very good point. I think they possibly would. I'm not sure whether, but I think there will be that's certainly an element of when you are uh when a governing body or when an event is producing its own commentary this is how all sports that's how it is all going and um when yes when there are vested interests in terms of the the the, as you say it's the governing body or the sporting event itself producing their own coverage then that coverage is obviously going to be rather more uh, yeah, yeah, yeah probably yeah exactly but um there we go. That's the way of things. So uh, let's go on and talk about other things now. And what got heavy? Uh, well, you did get heavy, uh, <laughs> but no. But it's uh, it's a very interesting. We well, I think it's it is. I think it's really something how we that... all digest sport, how we all see it. We're seeing it. We're who's who's giving the messages? Who is giving the messages? Oh. Hey, and there are dark forces at work. Uh, anyway, so... No, there aren't. What am I talking about? There probably are. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Let's have a sting from a great Ryder Cup man. Hi, I'm Colin Montgomery, and I'm crushing it on the peloton right now. Good old Colin and his peloton. I don't think he's still um, working away on his peloton. I spoke to him last week. Mm. He was in South Dakota. Was he? I said, how's South Dakota? He said, it's a flyover state, (laughs) and it's a bit of a problem that I landed here. I can see why it's a flyover state. Oh, we've just lost our listeners in South Dakota. No, we can disagree with Colin. It's it's, it's, where Mount Rushmore is, isn't it? Black Hills of South Dakota, yeah. And Bismarck is North Dakota? Oh, dear. Our lack of Dakota knowledge here. Um, I think it is South Dakota. Black Hills of South Dakota. uh, Bismarck is the capital of North Dakota. Um, yeah, but that's that's it. it You've flat- been sunk by Bismarck, there, haven't you? Hang on, I'm not going to do my crickets. I'm going to I'm going to call up Eddie again. Here we are, Ian. For the eleventh time, your jokes aren't funny. Oh, wise <laughs> words from Eddie from somewhere beyond from Ibiza. He comes in anyway. Yes. Uh, so where were we? Colin Montgomery's head to quota. Um, let's just finish up in the Solheim Cup. Just one thing I quickly wanted to say on the Solheim Cup as well. I saw the first tee shot. On the course at uh, Finca Cop de Zine. Um, mm-hmm. the water all down the left. Right? It looks, it yeah, looks it's, quite a, it's a, a driveable par four, mm. just 280 yards. So, yeah, so it looks like quite a, a spicy start. And are you going to take it on? Or are you, um, I mean, obviously, I would, and I'd be short and left on a 23 mile an hour club head speed. Well, it's, it's it, in foursomes, it's a big call, isn't it? Yeah. Can you imagine. Oh, mm. sorry. Sorry, move on. But that's the thing in match play, the beauty of it. Four balls, obviously, you're going to go for it, aren't you? Somebody will, yeah, absolutely. So that's the the classic four-ball technique. Get somebody down the middle, next person booms it on. Manuel Pinero straight, Seve has a go at things. Classic. Um, Right, emails. Uh, The chipping forecast at foldingpocket.co.uk. We're getting loads now, aren't we? And and we don't get to read them all out, but we read them all and they're, they're fantastic. I just think the chipping forecast is at foldingpocket.co.uk is quite a bulky email address. Can we have TCF? Can we start calling ourselves TCF? Like, 
NLU. Mm, no, we've got to go, no, we've got to way to go before that. Maybe well, if not, we beat NLU <laughs> in the in the showdown, then we could. We beat Big Randy, Cody Gribble. Uh, what's Cody's name? What is Cody's surname? Cody Brandt? Cody Cody uh, Cody Bryant. Is it Cody Bryant? No, that's no, Cody, Cody Bryant. Bryant uh, sadly, no longer <laughs> with us. So. Um and yes, anyway, and Big Phil Scalari. So we're no, we're not ready for an acronym. Uh, TCF, not yet, but soon. We could have Cody merchandise. McBride. Cody, Cody McBride. Mc, Cody McBride. Um, merchandise, baseball caps, T-shirts with TCF. I listen to TCF, mm. and people just nod knowingly. Go, oh, a TCF guy. I did look up TCF though to see if other organisations are so titled, and there are a couple. So we, we might not. the Compassionate Friends which is an organization for helping recently bereaved people. So obviously a wonderful organization. We don't want to step in their toes. Um, although I don't think they have merchandise. Uh, you wouldn't want to go to a counseling session expressing sorrow for somebody wearing a, a baseball cap saying TCF. Uh, TCF is also an acronym in the services industry for treating customers fairly. <laughs> a TCF is also an acronym in the services industry for treating customers fairly. Uh, and TCF is also the Citizens Foundation, a charity which helps build schools and generally supports underprivileged children in Pakistan. So uh, I don't think there's anything that we'd be in direct competition with. So TCF might might happen, might happen. Uh, we did have correspondence as well, just quickly on Wayne's, uh, because uh, we were talking about Wayne Levy, who lost to Seve in 1991. Uh, Wayne Grady, Wayne Raleigh mentioned Wayne Westner. Wayne Stevens, though, we didn't mention. And Wayne Stevens mm. is someone I was very familiar with because at Troon 1989, he was the first-round leader of the Open. And he was a classic first-round leader of the Open who oh, yeah. then disappeared. I think he was from Jersey and had a moustache. And, um, or was he from moustache? What year was that? Jersey. 89, the one that's uh, Kalkovecki yes, one. Yeah. Um, uh, and also correspondence on, because we were talking about Peter Dawson having beaten Don January, and we we're saying any other golfers with uh, months of the name. Of course, we missed out a very famous one in um, in Bob May. Yes, uh, that was so annoying. If we'd gone through the months, we would have come mm. up, or we would have come well, to you May. you started doing your September nonsense, didn't you? I did. Billy September, was it? I can't remember. Yeah. Anyway, Bob May, 2000 Valhalla, obviously the playoff with Tiger. There were two results in Tiger's career, which I think showed the otherworldliness of his talent and his just inability to lose. Up to a point, you know, until Y. Yang did Just it. two? There were two, no, but there were two that really stood out for me because there were two inspired players in Bob May and Rocco Mediate. And yet Tiger had to just mm. hold putt after putt when you thought, my goodness, Bob May has done it. He's won it. He's won this, surely. And then Tiger just, yes. it was extraordinary. Bob May was as inspired a goal for that week as I've ever seen. And still Tiger won. And similarly, Rocco Mediate. Yeah, because that was 2008 in the in the US Open. We were, we were there, Andrew. Yeah. And and he did it on one leg, Tiger. Um, that was the, yeah. the broken leg major. And he just willed yeah. the, every putt that he needed in. And it went the distance and beyond into the playoff. I remember you were furious that it went to a playoff. Was I? Because we, had, we, we got like a really nice, we got a really nice game of golf lined we up. We did, I think, yeah. And 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 I think you know back then it was the eighteen hole playoffs, mm. and and we felt well. I mean, Tiger Woods against Rocco Mediate, that's going to be a non-event over eighteen holes. And, and yet still, you know, while it was thrilling that he held the putt to force the playoff, it was 
you know, rather a wasted day in San Diego, potentially. And actually, it turned into one of the, the great days, great. didn't it? It was and great. Went to, and went to sudden death. It was amazing. I love amazing. those. I love it when players who are good, good players, like Mediate and me, just become absolutely inspired and do what they what those guys did. And still, Tiger was able to... To do it. Anyway, so moving on from, from Wayne's and May's, um, an email from, from Graham. Hi there, he says. One chap who... Not that Graham. Uh, I don't know. No, just, well, there are many Grahams. Take your pick. One chap, we were talking about uh, Eddie Pepperell having more ease than anybody anybody else in the business. So one chap who has more ease in his name than Eddie Pepperell, with five, is Ebenezer Good, six, who the shaman took to number one in 1992. Um... I don't think Ebenezer played golf. No, because he's a fictitious character. So, uh, But he may well have been at the Wilderness Festival that Eddie attended. Same would apply to Ebenezer Scrooge, I'm sure. Thank you, Graham. Have you, have you found anyone with more ease than Eddie? <laughs> no, but I, but I did go off down an Ebenezer um, diversion because I wanted to find out if there are any golfers of any repute who had been called Ebenezer. You might think, no, but there was, there was one. Ebenezer Byers, Eben Byers, he was better known as, but his name was Ebenezer Byers. Now you might think that would have six E's in the name, but Ebenezer Good mm. of the song is uh is they've added an extra E in there, the shaman. Because that's the shaman. That's just what they do. Mm. So they put an extra they, E in because that's really they, the purpose of the song. Like extra E's, didn't they? I'm not gonna do the crickets. I can't be bothered going to my phone. Right, so uh Ebenezer Byers, so that's five E's in total. Uh oh, I think his middle name had an E in it as well. It was a Scottish name or something. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Anyway, the, the story of Eben Byers is very interesting. He won the 1906 Amateur. He'd been runner-up in 1902 and 1903. He was uh, he's described as sportsman, socialite, and industrialist. You can see that a New England, wealthy New England family, plays a bit of golf, does very well. But later in life, uh, not even much later in life, not long after, um, I think this was in the 1920s, um, he injured his arm after falling out of a sleeping berth on a train. And in his treatment, his doctor recommended something which was being endorsed by a man called William Bailey. Now, Bailey was a total charlatan. He dropped out of Harvard, his medical degree, but he still claimed to be a doctor. But he was now pushing a radium-based product called Radithor as a cure for pretty much everything. He had had some success just before this selling medicines. I don't know, I'm laughing at this. It's terrible. Medicines like radium tablets. And they had the, they had the, the, the tagline, radium gives Superman powers. Um, but it didn't, obviously. And he was offering doctors who prescribed his medicine a sixth of the cut. So they were all prescribing this in his say. So he was getting very, very wealthy in this product called Radithor. But of course, it's massively poisonous. Mm. Um, and so Bayer starts taking several doses a day. In total, he drank 1,400, 1,400 bottles of Radithor. Why? And to no great surprise, because he thought this was a cure-all for his pain that he'd been suffering after breaking his arm, injuring himself, falling out of the sleeping bath. So, uh, unfortunately, but entirely predictably, now we know it led to cancers, it led to his bones crumbling, teeth dropping, his, his jaw, his jaw fell off. <laughs> And which is never was well, no. not a good thing, no. And he was uh, he was buried in a lead-lined coffin. His body was exhumed for further examination in 1965, and the radiation was still off the charts. So that's what happened to Eben Byers, Ebenezer oh. Byers, who won the U.S. Amateur in 1906. What happened to William Bailey, the charlatan doctor? Nothing, no charges. He was ordered to cease and desist from selling Radithor. 
He later founded the Radium Institute in New York and marketed a radioactive belt clip, a radioactive paperweight. He became manager... What, a radioactive paperweight? Yes, because a paperweight's not enough. You need it to be radioactive. Superman paperweight, I don't know. Uh, he became manager of the electronics division of IBM during the Second World War. Eventually, I would say, eventually he died of cancer when his body was exhumed in the late 60s it was found to be radioactive as well because he'd been taking a lot of his his own treatments so that's just a spin-off from Ebenezer chat Ebenezer Byers Eben Byers who won the US amateur in 1906 and because of his death and because of the treatment administered by William Bailey the uh what is it the FCC the food and no food and drugs administration FDA in America FDA yeah yeah, they brought in much, much stricter... You were getting confused with your TCFs then, weren't you? I was, yes. Oh, dear, we should get an acronym. Anyway, there we are, even buyers. So um, what, a, what a strange... You see, people thing. say to me, why why are you doing a golf podcast? Aren't there enough golf pod- How come? How can you do a different golf podcast? We talk about even buyers and his radiation poisoning. Yeah. Um, Big Randy won't be talking about that I'll tell you And I think lots of people will be very grateful for that Mm -hmm. Peter Kember I've been listening to your podcast from the very beginning I enjoy its rambling amateurish style (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if I'm your only New Zealand listener I'm here for a year Living, working and playing golf I've joined Christchurch Golf Club which is beautiful Dogs not allowed on the course though I never dreamt I'd be in a club with a major winning member Bob Charles Mm. Anyway, Tiger Woods Golf, he says. Not sure which version it was, but I remember playing this with my son, Will, he says. Uh, additional detail. And while he was this lining is, up this his This is shot, a computer game, yeah? Yeah, sorry. So uh, while he was lining up his shot, his son, he could press a button, uh, Peter could, on the controller to make my player say in a sarcastic drawl, that's right, take your time. Oh, that was quite a good 30. <laughs> but actually, I think it might not have been. I think it might have been a Gary McCord line because yeah. he did a sarcastic American drawl. Uh do we remember this? I don't remember that one, but he would press it repeatedly and he presses it in his head when he's playing real golf and someone's taking too much time. So there we go. More emails. I've got a couple more emails, but I might, might save them. Um, oh no, I've got one, one more from um, Colin Jeffrey. I've been having a shocker of a year since joining my new club, Childwall. Is it Childwall or Childwall? Childwall. Where is it? Where's Childwall? I don't know. It says CH. It is child wall, but one word. Mm. I think it's chilled wall. Yeah, I must gotta find out. With my handicap going from seven point one at the start of the year to ten point two, that is a shocker of a year. It's awful. But anyway, I think it's something technical in my swing. Yes, probably. But when Eddie recommended Stan socks as the best on the market, I thought and he swears there. It's unnecessary. Why not? Chilled walls near Liverpool, by the way. Is it? Mm. Yeah. Oh, God, that's not far from where I am then. Anyway, so he thought maybe it's his socks that his problem. He's bought his stand socks. Since getting some delivered, in the space of seven days, he won our annual trip to La Manga. It's not far from where you are. A four-man team event at Southport Nainsdale. Oh, that's because he's been inflating his handicap all year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he won his latest society outing at Vickers Cross. I think he's a, yeah. a member of the Butcher's Arms Golf Society. I don't know what that is, but there we are. It'll um, be a pub. It's called Golf Society, Andrew. Yes. Well, no, maybe he he's a butcher. It's pronounced Chilwall. Chilwall. We're getting way. information. You should know that. You live near that. No, I don't. I don't live in Silent Chilwall. D. Silent D, like Hoygar. Hoygar, as Thomas Bjorn is constantly saying. 
I wonder, mm. you know, he's a strong presence in that team. I wonder, you know, how much he's a strong advocate for the Hoy Gauze, both of them. So, yes. Anyway, um, one final email. Here we go. Charlie Stammers. I was fortunate enough to watch Eddie on the back nine Friday when there were some lovely shots, especially the shot into 14. I don't know what that was, but I'm sure it led to a two. I would like to know what's in those little blue pouches you have. I hope I haven't now exposed Eddie to a performance-enhancing drug scandal. Right, no, I asked him. Here we are. Here's Eddie. Final voice note. The blue pouches are electrolytes. They're called totem sports, um, full of all the good things. You know, help you concentrate. Maybe this can be a new, another Eddie recommends. I mean, we've had the start socks and the guy emailing to say that he's gone on to become club champion. Uh, now, you know, if people start taking the totem sports as well, it's going to lead to more great things. So, uh, yeah, that's what they are. Little blue pouches full of something, electrolytes and good things, totem, totem something. We're giving lots of advertising to companies who, um, maybe they might send me some electrolytes. I could do with some, I don't know, I could do with something. That's what you should do. You should uh, top up your electrolytes after after every long-haul flight. Should you? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't done many long-haul flights of late, and a lot of short, shortish ones. Helps beat jet lag. Does it? Right, okay. I mean, I think we're we're pretty much there, Ian, unless you've got anything else to, to share with the forum. No, um, I'm predicting uh, Lynn Grant and Maya start to kick things oh, off yeah. in the foursomes Friday morning uh, with Leona Maguire and Carlotta Saganda as a partnership. I think they'll reunite Georgia Hall and uh, Celine Boutier and Charlie Hull could play with Pedersen. I'm going to say okay. Pedersen in the fight in the final foursomes. That's what that's what I'm thinking. We'll see if you're right. Everything is on BBC Radio and highlights on BBC TV, and yep. so it's going to be a great one there. And then onto the writer. Goodness me, and it's a big couple of weeks, isn't it? It really is. Um, it's it's what we've been building to all the way through. So hopefully uh, a bit of chipler action and uh, and the chipping forecast and Eddie will come back and regale us with his pairings and predictions and all of that next week. Yes, I'm off to France. I will see you in Rome, though, driving down. I'm doing yes. sort of um, Chevy Chase European vacation style drive down from Scotland Tonga to to Rome. So uh, any again, any corporate work in, in between? No corporate work in between at all. So mm. no, there isn't. No, I'm just driving down. Mm. Uh, mm. Oh, one final email, Neil Watt. As a current member of Brassy, we mentioned the remember the divots out of the Greens incident. Oh yes, yes. He's updating us. Apparently it was, so you can confirm it was visitors, but apparently the children of said visitors and the parents claim they were unaware of the damage caused. No, no, no. That's, that's, like, that. that's, that's like, you know, when a, if a player ever wants to blame the caddy, the player has to take responsibility. The adult has to be the adult here. Yeah. Anyway, I don't, I don't, I don't believe um, those parents <laughs> at all. Anyway, uh, Neil adds some unnecessary stuff in the end about what he's doing. He's in Bilbao, having much needed downtime. He goes on after Marseille, uh, well, Rugby World Cup, and before our next game in Nice. Oh, he's going to be in Nice uh, with my travelling companion and lovely sexy wife, Linda. That's too much information, uh, but there we are. So Linda um, is travelling with Neil and they're having a good time. I'm not entirely sure why I read that out, but uh, we'll end on <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, listen, Ian, we are seriously... Great correspondence. We are very happy to get lots of correspondence. We'll perhaps mm. tone it down in terms of the numbers we read out. <laughs> um, but we're happy to, getting some nice reviews again. And I, I know we're banging on about this, but we are trying to build this slowly. Word of mouth seems to be spreading. Yes. So we're very happy with that. It's the It has been um, the number one ranked golf podcast in the UK. So uh, that is number one in the North Norfolk area. 
<laughs> it's very exciting and and seriously to everyone who said hello to us at Wentworth last week um it was brilliant it was really brilliant to be at a British tournament I thought it was a fantastic event anyway massive crowds and and so many people saying nice things to us which was great and we appreciate you listening we're trying to fit this podcast in around pretty uh, crazy schedules at the moment the next two weeks are going to be tricky but we seem to be gathering a bit of momentum we'll so roll on the match against Big Randy and the boys. Eddie yep. will be back from Ibiza next week. I will be with Ian or Rome or perhaps. Can Eddie play for us in that match, by the way? Uh, no, no, this, is going, to be, be this to. is going to be the amateurs. This is going to be. Oh, no, no, because no, Eddie's on our, on our team. This I'm is just going to Yeah. Well, okay. It'll be. They're it'll good. Be... They've got some good players. So. Yeah. It'll be yeah. Big Randy against small, um, small. Um, <laughs> Not interested. <laughs> anyway, so that's it from from TCF. Yeah, keep listening to TCF, guys, and we'll see you next week. Believe Eddie doesn't like my jokes. And that completes this edition of the Chipping Forecast. Wishing you a safe and pleasant night. Pocket. No, no, no. I'm sorry, guys. I do not agree with that at all. That is complete and utter nonsense.